The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But ladies and gentlemen, the show must continue here. We're going to bring on our first guest of today's episode, PFN Daily, here on twitch.tv slash pro football network. And that is our good friend, Ian Cummings, our pro football network, NFL draft, and college football analyst. Ian, you may be a little tired here. That's the running joke of pro football network, tiring, and Ian kind of go hand in hand here. But outside of that, traveling, he spent some time in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. And now we're going to get his thoughts after being able to watch practice, be able to evaluate these prospects that he's been putting a lot of time, effort, and energy on beforehand, building up his top 300 player big board he and ollie hodgkinson ian first off how you doing my man i'm doing good i'm not muted right no right? you're good you are All good right. to go we always got to check now beforehand we've done that like three times in a row so not muted off to a good start i didn't fall asleep during the senior bowl so that's another good start but um <laughs> yeah it was a fun week it was a fun week i uh, got down there and uh, the first practice was really nice weather uh, the second one got drenched but you know what it was still pretty fun players made plays and uh, you know you're always learning more about these guys so it was a nice informative week and uh we're gonna run back the tape on the third day later today once it comes in and see what we got and see how these guys close out the week but always an informative week and always a productive week. You know, a lot of love for Jim Nagy too, for being able to provide media access. Like for media that didn't have a chance to go to the senior bowl, you can still have your, you know, opportunity to watch some of the practice film that gets, you know, put out there that gets filmed every single day between obviously both teams that are practicing. Now, I think one question too, in your two days, before we get into some of our players and some of the notes that you have, what was your experience like in two days outside, obviously the rain, but maybe just being boots on the ground, seeing all the executives that are there around the NFL and obviously just being able to network and see other people that are, you know, big name media members and, and scouts and things like that. What was the experience like for you? Was this your first time going to Mobile? This was, uh, it was my second time. Last year was my first time. But really last year, you know, with COVID, everyone was wearing masks. There weren't nearly as many people there. So this was kind of the, the mulligan, right? And, you know, it's always, it's kind of a culture shock when you're there the first time, you know, because you'll be walking around and like 10 feet from you, that's John Dorsey or, oh, there's Mike Tomlin on the sidelines, like 50 feet away from you, you know, or Ryan Poles, the new Bears general manager. So it is something you have to adjust to. You know, and and for me personally, you know, being new to the scene, it, it was a lot to take in. But it's fun at the end of the day. And you, you walk up, you say hi to people. You realize they're all just there to watch football. And, you know, if you talk ball, you're, you're in the right place. You know, so it's a great environment to be in. Uh, and you can learn a lot from these guys if you go walk up to them and, you know, bounce off of them. And, you know, a lot of people see the same things out there. So it's a fun time, you know, a great networking event. And obviously, you know, the the breakfast to interview players, to, to mingle with guys. I didn't get to go to those. Uh, but those those were opportunities too, and then obviously at the practices, that's a good a good place to just kind of post up next to a guy and and chat it up. So it's always a fun experience. Well, you know, one thing I've I've also heard too about Mobile, you know, outside of there being really good football, there are a lot of good football players. There's a lot of good food. Did you have your chance yeah. to indulge in any food spots there? So I let did. us know, and then we'll get into some prospects here. But this is the stuff that we want to know, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you have to talk about the food. Well, okay, there's a really good breakfast place, Bob's Breakfast. I think I creeped out Tony with how much I liked that breakfast place last year. It was uh, like, <laughs> like I was like, they had they put this thing on they they put this thing on the French toast called sweet cream. 
you mix okay. that in with the syrup man it's so good and uh we there was like alligator sausage so it's it's crazy and then there's this place called wenzel's where you got seafood uh, i had i had oysters for the first time camp here pressured me into it and you know it was um it was interesting it was interesting it was pretty good though you know it, it's one of those things i was telling cam this morning it's one of those things you have to have once before you have it twice you know if that makes sense right like you got to yeah. get it out of your system first so it was okay it was interesting you know i feel like everyone would have a different experience there but the food is very good you know it's high quality stuff it's stuff you can only get down there like i'm never gonna look at seafood the same way again you know so that's something that kind of sets the new standard for you it's a great experience if you guys like you know, even if you can't go to the Senior Bowl, you know, Mobile is a great location as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, nice food places. And uh, you know, I think that was where Mardi Gras originally started. That was kind of the factoid that's been passed around there. So there's some history there, too. It's a nice place. Well, obviously, a lot of insight from you, Ian, on the food and obviously Mobile, Alabama. Let's get to some of your insight here on some of the prospects we were able to see. We had Ollie on last week to talk about maybe some of the top five prospects that he had his eyes on watching the Senior Bowl coming up throughout the week. And I think one of the things to, to look at, everyone's talking about the quarterback position. So let's get into your quarterback notes here. Obviously, some of the prominent features, we're going to talk about Sam Howell, Malik Wills, but there are other quarterbacks there. But the standouts, who were, you know, who were the quarterback names that really stood out so far in practices in Mobile? Yeah, it was an interesting week in that I'm not sure any one quarterback separated themselves a ton. I do think that, you know, you kind of had a pecking order that was rising to the top at the end of day two. Now, obviously, we'll get to go back on day three and check and who because really, you know, for me, day one is kind of a uh, it's kind of a tune up. Right. You you kind of weigh that day a little less because these are quarterbacks coming in with new receivers that they need to establish chemistry with. So that's kind of what they spend the first day doing is establishing that chemistry and that sense of timing. Now, obviously, you have some quarterbacks who have their their wide receivers on their teams, like a Carson Strong and Romeo Dubes, uh, like uh, Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce. So, you know, that kind of gives them a leg up early on, but you're usually throwing to different receivers. So it takes some time to get that chemistry. Uh, and I will say the second day, having that pouring rain, that kind of eroded at the, that uh, chemistry building, too, because like you're you're starting to get into that rhythm. And then all of a sudden you have another obstacle to deal with. So, but it was good to see them kind of deal with that. Good to see how they responded to it. Um, I think that, you know, Sam Howell had a really good second day. You know, I think that he was, uh, he was dealing a really good first day. You know, the second day was a little, there were some, there were still some flashes, you know, and I think he did enough where he kind of separated himself as one of the top two quarterbacks at, in that group. I think Malik Willis did a really good job too. Uh, and with, with Willis, you know, he doesn't have to be perfect. None of these guys have to be perfect. Yeah. They're really showing off his tools. There were some nice throws that he made. Uh, there was one where he zipped it into a tight window on the hash. There was one where he was kind of rolling across, you know, against his body to the left and kind of dish it to a tight end and let him perfectly. You know, it's little things like that. And I know um, Mark Brunel, the uh, quarterback's coach for the Lions, was talking about a, uh, you know, it was a simple read, the simple progression that Willis went through, but going from left to right and getting through five reads, he was very excited about that. You know, it's a simple dump off at the end of the day. But for, for Brunel, you know, for Willis, who had struggles working in structure in college, you know, seeing him do that at the Senior Bowl, seeing him be able to do that uh, was a nice step in the right direction. So that's what these guys are here to do. They're here to learn. I thought that Desmond Ritter, you know, he had a pretty off first day, but he kind of improved a little bit on second day. He's one of our risers on our site, you know, so that was a nice thing to see. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing his third day and how he performed then because, you know, if he can put it together, he's got the tools, you know, and he's got the character too. So he's going to win someone over. Kenny Pickett was not as good as I was expecting, you know, and that's kind of the conversation that people are going to have, especially on that second day with the rain. I, I don't think, you know, people are going to say, I think it did imp impact him a little bit, but I think it impacted everybody a little bit. So I'm not sure how you can say you have to see what's the difference between how it impacted Pickett and how it impacted other guys. You know, Pickett was still getting pretty good velocity on his passes at times, 
but he did sail a couple. I know me and Dalton were talking about one where it was kind of in the back of the end zone and went too high. Looked like his elbow might have been tucked in a little bit more and that pushed it up. So I'm not sure if it was the hands or just mechanical inconsistencies, which he's usually pretty good with those. So maybe just kind of the jitters. Uh, but I think the third day is really going to seal in where these quarterbacks perform. But I think looking at it from the you know bird's eye view, I think Willis and Howell really helped themselves out this week. Ritter did too. Strong had a good day one, but his second day, he was sailing a lot of deep passes too. So, you know, I, I think the third day is really what seals it in and kind of locks it in. If you if you can bounce back then, that's really all that matters. Ended on a high note. What about Carson Strong? I know the Nevada quarterback, there's been a lot of conversation too. He's got a big arm. How did he look in practice? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The first day, I, I think his arm definitely popped more than the other guys. And, you know, I think Willis, I think it was strong Willis and then everyone else, you know, in, term, in terms of the arm tailing, you know, how, how quickly it pops off their hand, getting that velocity on it. Carson Strong really whips it. You know, he's got really good, you know, he's got a really good release up front. I do think, though, there were times in the second practice where he sailed him a bit. And I think it was, you know, his, his mechanics looked a little off when it was in rain. I don't know what the issue was. But there were times when he wasn't quite getting as much push on that ball. Sometimes he was kind of, you know, constricting his release and that caused it to kind of tighten up and, and sail those passes. So I'm not really sure what the issue was for him. That's one where I'm looking for, you know, his third day tape and seeing, you know, what can he do to respond to that and kind of bounce back from there? Because I do think, you know, he's got a good base. You know, he's got pretty good lower body mechanics and he can navigate the pocket. He's shown that, you know, it's just a matter of reining it in up top. You know, making sure, and, and you know, with quarterbacks, you always want the lower body first. Lower body kind of takes precedence because the lower body dictates the upper body. You know, if you tuck your, if your back foot kind of falls away, that's going to tug your shoulder, your front shoulder up and push a lot of passes high. You know, if you can stay level in the lower body, that really helps your shoulders stay level. And I think with strong, you know, the, his shoulders were kind of a little inconsistent at times. So I think reining that in on the third day could do a really good, could do good things for him. But I think. You know, again, like we said earlier, you know, just show that you have the upside worth investing in. And another thing, too, he wasn't wearing a knee brace. He was wearing some padding, but he wasn't wearing a knee brace. And he was actually, you know, moving a little bit. He's not going to be a creator, right? But he was moving and making some off-platform throws. So that alone, too, you know, could help, you know, give guys some solace in investing in him because that knee was another issue. That's something that's going to come up at the combine. You know, is he ready? You know, is that going to affect his durability down the line? I think he had a pretty good week in that respect, but from a throwing standpoint, was a little inconsistent on day two. So I want to go back and on day three and see if he rebounded. Well, and one question I want to ask you too, because everybody puts a lot of stock in how these quarterbacks look. I mean, everyone's been saying that this quarterback class this year is not that strong. I think when you look at all the different quarterbacks, the different traits that they have, I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint because I think everybody compares it to like what you see with the standard quarterback in today's age. I mean, there's no Trevor Lawrence's in this year's NFL draft when we talk about looking back at their college history or like the prolific premier generational potential talents there. That's the that's the vibe right now. Now, do you think any of the performances here at the Senior Bowl, does that impact any draft stock? Does it negate it a little bit? You know, it, what is your thought process on this from somebody who evaluates all these prospects yeah i think it certainly could now it's different for every team right you know like some guys might look at howell and, and his ability to go through his progressions and say like hey that's what i want some people might look at willis his ability to run his ability to make guys miss and, and push those tight windows with his arm and say those are the traits that i want to invest in some people might look at ritter you know a very high character guy and they all are but ritter you know is, is definitely a high character guy and he's got the tools too he's got the athleticism he showed it off and especially today i was i was looking at some clips there was one throw up the seam that he you know he fit in there pretty good had some velocity on that you know so every team is going to see it differently 
but I think you're looking at if I had to pick guys who separated themselves, because I don't think anyone separated themselves a ton. I think it was a, you know, there were some inconsistencies for all guys, but I think Howell and Willis for sure. I think Ritter took a step up on day two, which is always good to see for guys. You want to see them improve and trend up through the week rather than, you know, start off hot and then kind of cool off. You don't want to see that. You want to see them finish on a high note. Kenny Pickett, you know, didn't really do a ton to distinguish himself. I was hoping he would, and I don't think he was bad. I think he was pretty steady, but unspectacular too. And, and that could be, you know, going up against guys that may have more, at, you know, upside than you. And me personally, I've always been in the camp that I think Pickett's ceiling is a little underrated. I think he has a higher ceiling that people let on. But if he doesn't show that at the Senior Bowl, you know, sometimes teams, they get into that tunnel vision and they see that at the Senior Bowl, they're like, that's what I want to invest in. So I think, but I do think all the quarterbacks showed enough. You know, there were enough flashes. It's going to be interesting to see how teams value them, but everyone sees it differently and everyone wants different trades. So I think it's just a matter of what you want. But I think if I had to pick two or three, probably Willis and Howell. Those are the guys that really showed something, especially Willis with his traits. You know, I feel like the Josh Allen movement we've seen, you know, just get that guy with the high end traits and invest in him. And I think people are going to get into that mindset with Willis and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But you have to take those swings, you know, when they have that high ceiling, because that's maybe what they can become. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I will caution people, too, that even when Josh Allen went to the Senior Bowl, there were times where he struggled and didn't look the part. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, for NFL fans that may watch or, you know, this weekend's game, obviously, in the NFL Network, 2.30 Eastern time. I I do think that there's going to be people that maybe – overemphasize some of the mistakes that some of these players make, but it's all about growth. It's about being able to be coachable. I'm excited to see what kind of comes to fruition here in this game. Obviously with the quarterback class, edge rusher, offensive line, defensive line, but we have a lot to talk about here. So let's talk about the offensive line versus the D line notes. I mean, we talk about trench warfare Ian. it's one of my favorite terms in football trench warfare. There's a lot of talk about some of the defensive tackle prospects, edge rushers in this year's NFL draft class. What was something that you saw here at the senior bowl? Because obviously you get some one-on-ones that you do get to see between off offensive lineman in protection against guys that are rushing the quarterback. Yeah. So I had the trenches last year. I got it again this year. And I was very happy about that because the defensive line group is stacked this year, man. I mean, I comfortably the defensive line outmatched the offensive line this week. And there were some good reps from the offensive linemen. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. But, you know, there were some very dominant performance from defensive linemen. I think Jermaine Johnson on the American team, we got to start with him. He was wrecking guys all week and he's got a very complete palette of traits. Uh, He was one of the most productive edge rushers in the league for Florida State this past year. Uh, But he's got length. You know, he's around 6'5", 260, I think. You know, he's a little wiry, but he packs a lot of power and strength into that frame. He can wrench down anchors, and he was pretty twitchy and explosive 
in open space too. He was generating displacement and then acting on that. You know, I love to see that, you know, not just having the traits to put pressure on tackles, but also acting on that with your hands and capitalizing on displacement. He definitely did that and he did it consistently with rip moves, with swim moves. You know, I was a bit, oh, and speed to power. You know, that's an important one too. He was jamming guys in the torso, really driving them back. So Jermaine Johnson had a very, very good week. And I think he looked like a first round pick. Another guy who looked like a first round pick. And, you know, that's that's a term that you want to use exclusively. You don't want yes. to use it for every single guy, right? <laughs> so realize I'm not throwing it out there. These are two guys that actually looked that good. Perry and Winfrey uh, for the national team is another one, Oklahoma defensive lineman. He measured in a little bit over 6'3 with 35, over 35 inch arms. So that is very good proportional length. Usually, usually you see guys that are like 6'5 or 6'6 have that 35 inch arms. You know, that's a long, long wingspan. Winfrey's got that natural leverage at 6'3. He can get under guys and he's got the length to really drive that power forward. And we saw that a ton this week, man. He was bull rushing guys out of the back of the end zone, man. He was explosive. He had a hot motor all the way through. Uh, and he also had a really, really nice, um, I think it was like a, yeah, it was like a swim move. He's got lateral agility too, man. I mean, he, he just has a very full palette. And that was one thing that really won me over when I watched him initially was his twitch and his athleticism, his ability to generate displacement and kind of get an edge on those interior linemen. Now he has that length and that power to drive guys forward. And then he's got that hot motor to maximize it. Perry and Winfrey was absolutely dominant on the second day of practices, man. He was wrecking everybody. And I think you look at that, you know, this interior defensive line class, after the first few guys, it's a little underwhelming, right? So looking for guys to step up, I think Winfrey is definitely that guy. And I think that he may have played himself in the first round territory. Other guys that flashed, I think uh, Dominique Robinson, Miami, Ohio, especially on the first day. You know, he's an athletic guy, former wide receiver, uh, and he converted to edge pretty late in his career. But he's toolsy. He's explosive. He's got bend. Uh, he really flashed a lot. Eric Johnson was a was a late addition from Missouri State around 65 300 a long guy and he looked like he belonged whenever you see an FCS guy added late you want to see if they belong Eric Johnson did uh, he was explosive he was powerful and he had a really wicked spin move against Darian Kennard uh, on day two where Kennard really couldn't get his pads low and then Eric Johnson just got around him with that quick spin so showing that athleticism for a, a lower level college prospect is very, very good. And there were some others, too. I know Devontae Wyatt had some nice reps. Neil Farrell, uh, I could go on and on, man. I mean, it was such <laughs> a fun practice for those guys. And the defensive linemen were eating it up. Uh, it was a very fun group. And if, if you want to see it all, you know, you can go look at the practice reports on the site. I mean, it's a, it's a stacked group. And if you're looking for defensive line talent, this class has a lot to offer. Well, and as Ian said, if you want to check out the practice reports, go to profootballnetwork.com. Obviously, the college, the NFL draft section, Ian, Ollie Hodgkinson, Cam Miller, they have you covered with everything. Now let's get to one of my other favorite positional groups, right? I'm a DB guy, Ian, and I was talking with Ollie about this. DB versus wide receivers, you get to see a lot in one-on-ones between these guys, and in particular with your DB prospects. I always feel like when you have these one-on-one situations and everybody's watching, I mean, I feel like it's more tailor-made to serve the offense because you can give double moves, triple moves, you can pause up, especially if the DB gets on your hip, especially on a comeback route, and then you can back out, you know, and obviously bail out there. I, I feel like one-on-ones need to be refined a little bit, but outside mm -hmm. of that, you always look for the technical traits that DBs have, and wide receivers, how they stack against a DB, how they attack leverage if he's inside or outside or press at the line of scrimmage. A lot of prospects, but obviously some guys making noise, North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson, which was Ollie Hodgkinson's, one of his top players to watch this weekend. Give us your notes on the, the DBs and wide receivers that you witnessed here at the senior. 
Yeah, kind of like a edge and tackle. I think it was pretty slanted toward wide receivers. And like we've said, like we said on the preview, you know, that's kind of how it is, right? When you don't have safety help, when it's just when it's you on an island, usually that's how it's going to be, right? So if you're a corner, you know, if you get beat, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to write you off for that. Just show me you have good technique. Show me you can square up guys and, and match them, you know, and stick to them. And, you know, if you don't get it, you know, it's fine. You know, just show me that you can do it. And I thought that there were some good reps from from some guys, I think Roger McCreary, which he was kind of expected to be a solid guy because he's very good at using his feet first. He kind of has to be. He's only got 29-inch arms, so he's got a, a shorter wingspan, but he really makes up for it with his ability to match guys, his ability to move, use his feet first and press, and then really, you know, he's physical either way. He plays beyond his frame. I think he had a good week. I think Elante Taylor had some flashes. He's a physical guy. You know, sometimes lost track of the ball in the air. But he's got the explosiveness to close in, and he's physical to catch points. So Alante Taylor was an interesting one. Tariq Woolen, I know everyone wanted to see him. Uh, he's a physical specimen, man. He gets really grabby, though, when he gets when he, when people get a step on him. So I want to see him get rid of that. But he did show off some nice agility at the line to match guys. He's got great explosiveness. He's a good athlete. We know that. He's a physical specimen. If he can clean some things up, I think he could be a fun, versatile player. But going to the wide receivers, I think uh, Christian Watson, yeah, definitely. That was the first name that came to mind. When we were talking about this and when we were trying to figure out who we wanted to talk about, Christian Watson uh, was very good this week. I mean, at the line, showing that agility, he had some releases that he used to generate displacement. You always love to see that. He was explosive upfield, uh, and he had some really nice catches, too. He can control his body. He can get up there and contort, and he's got the length, too. He measured in at 6'4", and I think 211 pounds, which he was listed at, I think, 6'5", 206. So, honestly, if you're 6'4", I would rather you be 211 than 205. If you're a little denser, maybe you can break tackles a little bit easier. So I thought it was a pretty good week for Watson. First off, measuring that well, I, you know, some people were maybe worried that they tacked on two inches because sometimes schools do that. You know, so maybe he comes in like 626 or whatever. But no, he was 6'4 <laughs> flat. So you love to see that from the guy. And he's athletic too. He definitely showed that. But then also he can convert at the catch point. You know, that's the most important thing. You can separate. You can do, use some nifty moves to get a step on your DB, but if you drop the pass, it's all for naught. So I think Christian Watson, you know, not only taking the steps to separate and get an edge on his guy, but also snare it in at the catch point. I thought he had a very strong week and one where he kind of boosted his stock. He was one of the best receivers there. Uh, some other guys, you know, Braylon Sanders had some really nice plays. He was a late addition from Ole Miss. Uh, I think there was some wasted movement in his releases. You know, he got a little too overzealous sometimes, but he's definitely a twitchy athletic guy who can separate, and he's got some circus catches downfield too. Uh, some guys, I think Romeo Dobbs, I wanted to see a little bit more from him at the catch point. I think he's got all the tools, and he showed it, you know, being agile, being able to chop his feet and really sink his hips on those routes, but he was dropping a lot of passes. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of receivers were dropping a lot of passes on day two because it was raining. You know, the balls are slippery. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> You know, but you want to see him kind of hone in, especially for Dobbs, who that was one of the biggest issues for him on tape was not always being able to haul catches in. So I wanted to see more from him there, but he does have the separation ability. Calvin Austin, man, Memphis, another guy. If we're talking about separation, that guy's a separation factory. He measured in at 5'7", 174, something like that. So he's smaller. You know, he's not going to be drafted for his size. But for his size, man, he is a separation machine. He's explosive. He sinks his hips really well. Super energetic route runner. Uh, and the dangerous thing is, too, like you can you can match him out of his break like you can play him well. But when he straightens out and starts to get downfield, he hits a rare second gear, man, where he can just stretch the field and really pull away from you. So it's it, you really got to you really got to come to play when you're playing against Calvin Austin, because, you know, he may be smaller, but he's a very good separator, both, you know, in the short ranges with his agility and route running and, you know, downfield with his pure straight line speed. 
So he was a fun one. I got to bring up Jalen Tolbert too. I know Cam, if Cam's watching this, I got to bring up Jalen <laughs> Tolbert, but Tolbert had a great week too. You know, I'm, I'm not just bringing him up to bring him up. And he measured in a little bit smaller, which was unexpected. Uh, but I do think he still got great length for his frame. And uh, yeah, he was showing that uh, ability to use releases at the line too. I really loved his twitch and, and side, side to side agility uh, to generate. We, we hear the term generate displacement a lot, but you know, <laughs> At the line, when you're one-on-one, it's all about playing the angles, right? you got to get an angle on the guy, you know? So using your release to kind of get him off center and then get around him, that's how you do it. And I think Jalen Tolbert did that, then exploded upfield. He sunk his hips really well, and he showed great ball tracking ability too. He can snare the ball in the air. You know, he's a fun one. Uh, he's been very productive in the Sun Belt Conference. I know this past year, he accounted for almost 50% of his offense's passing attack, man. Almost 50%. So that guy was a target funnel. They knew the ball was coming his way. It didn't matter. He still got it. Uh, so Jalen Tolbert had a very strong week along with Christian Watson, Calvin Austin, just a few guys. Uh, I think overall the wide receivers beat the corners, but it was a pretty fun week. Uh, and uh, especially at safety too, JT Woods took some reps at corner and actually had a nice play where he kind of used his recovery speed to bat down a pass. And then Kirby Joseph from Illinois, uh, safety was another one, a rangy guy. There was one play where he uh, caught tra- uh, caught the tight end uh, in motion. The the offensive line was, you know, kind of feigning a zone block. It was RPO, and they were moving to the right. And Kirby Joseph, but he caught it. He recognized it because there's a tight end sneaking out to the flat. He flips his hips, closes in, deflects the pass with his uh, 33-inch arms. You love to see that from the guy, you know, that recognition and that, and that ability to close and, and kind of react to it. So there were some great plays from guys, you know, and, and that's what you're looking for, those flashes, because that's what you can work with. So I think overall it was a, it was a great week for those guys. Well, a lot of fantastic insight from Ian Cummings, our Pro Football Network, NFL Draft and College Football Analyst. Check out all the practice reports, all the recap, and make sure you all tune in this Saturday for the Senior Bowl on NFL Network. Ian, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us here today on PFN Daily. We appreciate you and can't wait to speak with you next time. Yes, sir, Cody. Thanks for having me. Ian always has the the insight, the scoop, and obviously a lot of the fire, ladies and gentlemen. 